You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hi, and welcome to our Market Talk podcast channel. My name is Jane Kavner from AIB Corporate Treasury. AIB Treasury are always looking to enable our customers and provide support when navigating the market uncertainty that prevails. So today we're bringing you a really special podcast on Brexit. We will first talk about an article just published that will inform and assist our customers when managing foreign exchange risk through Brexit. We will also bring you exciting news on an upcoming webinar on the 14th of October. And lastly, we are also going to be talking to one of our customers about their experience and planning for the challenges that Brexit brings. I'm really looking forward to speaking with David Cohn, Managing Director of Cohn Steel in Oranmore, Galway, who will be sharing his experience of Brexit with our listeners. I will also be joined by my colleague Paul Ward from the Business and Retail Treasury team. Paul, before we talk to David, can you tell me what our customers can expect from our latest publication? It's aptly titled, Will Your Current Thinking on Managing FX Risk Survive Brexit? Hi, Jane. Firstly, let me say I'm delighted to be part of the special Brexit podcast with yourself and David. As you know, sterling volatility is expected to increase in the coming weeks and months as the trade talks intensify. The outcome of the talks will most likely be a market event for sterling, and it does have the potential of shifting the currency in one direction or the other. So I suppose customers need to be quite convinced of that. So what we're saying to customers in this Brexit article is to firstly reevaluate the ethics risk in your business. Customers are continuing to deal with the fallout of the pandemic. And now when you add in the additional uncertainty that Brexit is bringing, customers may find forecasting FX cash flows even more challenging. So in this article, Jane, we're trying to address some of these challenges head on for customers. If I can just talk about the article for a moment. Firstly, we talk about understanding the nature of FX risk in your business by evaluating the commercial interaction that you have with suppliers, with customers and with competitors. The article also gives customers some good pointers on how to reduce their F exposure without even necessarily the need to engage with your bank. And finally, we outlined some of the effective FX hedging tools that are widely available to customers that can help mitigate against the uncertainty created by Brexit. These tools include simple products such as FX spot and forward contracts, but we also cover off some of the more complex hedging tools such as FX derivatives. That sounds great, Paul. Remind me where our customers can access this article. Yeah, Jane, the Brexit-related article is available on the Epic Centre website. In addition, it will be attached to this podcast, so it's easily available for customers. Thanks, Paul. And of course, I should remind our customers, we are hosting a webinar next week on the 14th of October, where our panel of experts will also look to take our customers through various different hedging strategies covered under the article. David, a very warm welcome to our podcast. Good morning, Jane. David, in your own words, can you maybe first give us a little background to your business and your story thus far? Thanks very much, Jane. Well, listen, yeah, Cone Steel is family-owned. We're a steel stockholding and distribution business based in Ormore, as you said. So we're a good West of Ireland and proud Connacht company. But we supply into five sectors, the construction, agriculture, manufacturing, engineering and renewable. So predominantly construction steels that we sell into the likes of builders, civil engineers, precasters, builders, merchants. And then we sell plate materials into the manufacturing world of the farm machinery people, truck, trailer and general engineering. We're fourth generation, myself and my brother, Derek, and my great grandfather started the business in Gord County, Galway. But then my father and his two brothers moved on the business from Gort to Galway and Tellamore and really Cone Steel probably started properly in 1997, where Dad and myself started the business with the team there. And it was a great starting point for us as Ireland really took off then, going through from 1997 to 2008. And we had a very successful sort of eight or nine years, growing to about 46 million turnover. Then, of course, came the crash 
2008, and we literally fell to 75% of our turnover was eroded. We had 55 staff. We had to move down to 21, of which 16 were on a three-day week. So it was a very, very difficult time. We had to reduce our overheads by 65 to 70% to survive. So I was very fortunate to have my dad with me at the time, who is still alive, thankfully, and at 80 years of age, still loves hearing about the business, but is retired. So in the last sort of the last 10 years, we've tried to regain ground and we're back up and really up until 2018, we grew again to back up to about 28 million. And we were really beginning to kick forward. But then, of course, the next problem arose in COVID. So that's crept in now for the last year. But I suppose the construction sector has been slightly luckier and we were only shut for six weeks. And we really had to think hard in those six weeks. I think I never walked as much in the first two weeks of the six weeks. Our dog, Jesse, was nearly afraid of me. But I was just trying to really understand where are we going? What do we have to do? And we just got through those couple of initial months. You know, I have to say the government subsidy scheme, and I would have a lot of praise for the EI at the moment. I had mixed thoughts about them, thinking the paperwork and the hassle sometimes to get through. But they really have stepped up to the plate now. And I think it's very beneficial for everyone to look at any government subsidies that can help you, particularly EI. And they're great in terms of help grants, training, money at very competitive rates. We've got through phase one. I think we're now in phase two. But we just have to try and remain positive and keep our cool. David, it's really lovely to hear the family angle. Companies had a number of challenges along the way, which you seem to have managed along with Jesse. Mm -hmm. On Brexit, bringing you back to that, how has the challenge of Brexit impacted your business specifically? And by that, David, I kind of mean, you know, did you look to other supply markets? Well, yeah, as I say, Brexit has, has been with us now for the last number of years. And there's going to be changes I mean, in my view, I still think we're going to get a deal. But I think, as, as, as Tony Connolly called it, I think it's going to be a skinny free trade agreement. We may not have tariffs and quotas, but we won't have the same fluidity that we've had in dealing with both the North of Ireland and the UK. The North of Ireland has been absolutely essential for us. You know, that's been 15 to 20 percent of our business. And we've been dealing up the North for over 25 years. So we don't want to lose that market due to Brexit. We've also been buying steel out of the EU. So we initially we have our EORI number. We have a number of things done in preparing the business for Brexit. We also have a very good clearance customs agent who's worked very closely with us. And we're constantly talking to suppliers and customers. Now, we don't buy a lot of steel in England, but we have a lot of customers in the north and we are trying to grow the UK side of it all the time as well. So we don't want to lose that potential growth area. So we're heading into, I think, this October summit on the 15th could be huge. You know, it's going to go to the wire. So it's a, a very concerning time. But hopefully if we can get this free trade agreement, that will be the stepping stone to, to grow from there. David, I suppose if we look at the foreign exchange side of it then, I mean, Euro sterling has traded across a 20p trading range since the referendum. That too must impact your business. Yes, indeed. And, and I mean, I've been working with yourselves now for the last sort of 10, 11 years and I've formed some great relationships. And that is the big thing, I think, in, in currencies. You have to get your own team involved. So we have, as regards currency, the CFO might place the order, but the procurement, our COO and myself, all need to have a sound understanding of currency risk. And we've done that with a number of meetings with yourselves, which have been very useful for us. 
So my view is you must have a treasury policy, but we say, look, keep it as simple as you can. And we use the forward contracts. Even this year now, we locked in at 85, which was very good for us. But that's only up until the end of the year. So God knows where it's going to go. And it's funny, steel, the buying of steel is not unlike the ranges that you talk about in currencies. You know, and we look at a payment structure and steel is, is really over sort of a three month area. So we try and analyze what we're doing on a quarterly basis. But absolutely, you're right. It's very important to us. We do need a sound understanding of it. We like to keep it as simple as possible. We also have a trading uh, sort of a, a natural hedge in place. So we do buy in sterling as well. So that may go up and down as we see fit going forward. But currency for us is all about de-risking as opposed to making money. So what I've learned from dealing with yourselves is we need to be very disciplined, learn from the past mistakes, and then it's the timing. There's so much in life that's about timing. So you need to pick your time. And the next three to four weeks are crucial for all of us, potentially to lock in at a rate. So yes, currency is very important for us for the future. Thanks, David. Yeah, it's really important for customers to manage that bottom line. You know, losses in foreign exchange can erode the margin on the product that you have. Paul, I might bring you in here. David and yourself have talked at length about Brexit and about hedging and looking at currency exposures. Tell me about that. I say that every relationship is different between the customer and the bank in, in terms of how you manage the foreign exchange risk. So it is really trying to strike the right balance of what's best for both. So what I noticed about David, and, and he's alluded to it there as well, was always having a very balanced approach to managing currency risk. And it's not in, in it to try and make gains. It's really about making sure that you're protecting the business and that the foreign exchange that you execute is economic for the business. Like there's a very simple question that I would always say for any business, when you're managing foreign exchange risk, the first question you ask yourself is, at what rate can my business not afford to buy or sell my payables or receivables? And that's the very same for any customer that we would engage with, irrespective of your kind of policy about how much you may hedge and how much you may do as a spot transaction. When myself and David spoke most recently, David was getting a bit concerned about what was going on with Brexit. And this would have been no different to an awful lot of customers obviously being exposed to the UK. And But what we actually did, we agreed upon what's, what's kind of a couple of budget rates for the company to transact within. So no commitment to go ahead and deal, but just maybe an interest level with the bank that if it traded to a certain point, maybe say if it got above 92, that becomes more critical for David. Or if it went back below 90p, equally David might see that as an opportunity. And that would be the fairly same for a lot of customers we deal with. We call that just leaving a, a market interest alert with the bank. And the bank will then endeavour to contact the customer once the level is traded. So we have seen a, a significant increase in the number of customers doing that because it's not a fair order to go ahead and do a deal, but it's actually just so it can remain informed. And you might just comment on that, David, you've probably even yourself in terms of your service level with the bank may have changed over time because I suppose the bank is there on point, ready to alert you when you need to be notified when there's an exchange rate that may be of interest to you, whether that's a positive or a negative. Yeah, no, very much so. And that's where I try and rely on yourself and the team and to understand the range and not to get too excited because you lock in for a certain period. A lot can change in a week, in a month. And this next five weeks, six weeks could be crazy. Brexit, the currency could go 87, it could go 97. It can be very stressful, but keeping a cool head and working with your bank, working with AIB has really helped us. And please God, now, the next few weeks, we'll make the right decision looking into 2021. 
It's actually interesting, Dave, you mentioned some of that because if I recall the last couple of conversations that we had, but for an awful lot of customers that we engage with, when we think about how do I manage the risk, it's actually fairly simple in terms of your choices. And if I just very quickly quantify what they are, it's typically FX netting. And David, you mentioned that as part of the conversation, the ability to kind of shift maybe from one supply chain to another where you can maybe have payables and receivables in the one currency. Spot FX is always there. Forward contracts is effectively the opposite to the spot. This is where you give yourself certainty. And I know you do that as a business, David. For any customer who's listening to this, what I would say, if you don't have a forward contract facility in place with your bank, don't delay. Engage with your prime relationship manager. It is a credit facility that is put in place, but that is what will enable you then to do forward contracts. And even in our last conversation, David, which effectively is the kind of the fourth strategy that we typically mention in our roadshows, which is FX derivatives. And a lot of companies will shy away from FX derivatives because it is more of an insurance-like product. What I thought was really interesting to me was you challenged me the last time we spoke and you said, look, is this something I should be looking at? What's your thoughts? What's the view? And me and you had a quick five, 10 minute conversation just about FX derivatives and the pricing involved in that and what the, what the characteristics of a particular transaction might be. And it was an FX option that we discussed. And it was great to have that and to challenge each other to see what was right or did it fit for the business at this stage. And I think that's very admirable of you that as a business, that's what you do. You're constantly thinking about, well, what are my options on the table in relation to my hedging strategies? And I think there's a lot of businesses in Ireland that are very similar to that. But then there's a lot of businesses who don't think that either because they feel, well, that's more complex for me or I'm not in that type of business. This is about managing a risk in your business. No different than any other risk that you have. And I think it's always very important to keep that at the forefront of your thoughts when it comes to foreign exchange. Thanks, Paul and David. As you say, Paul, it's important to engage earlier, both from the customer's point of view and the bank's point of view. You've clearly had a very proactive relationship with Cohen Steel. And it's important to discuss all those hedging strategies with our customers to get the right product and the right strategy and work with them in terms of their treasury policy and putting it together. David, finally, from your experiences, what advice would you give SME business owners that may be struggling as a result of the threat of Brexit? That's a very good question. With COVID, Brexit, the whole lot going into 2021, I would say keep positive, and it's it's easy to say that, but just really try and do it every day, every week. Keep communicating. Use all the initiatives and fairness that the government are trying to do. Keep looking at them all the time. They're changing as well. So keep communicating within your own team, with all of your suppliers, and most importantly in the banking world, analysing your options vis-a-vis currency going forward. I would also say keep networking. I know it's going to be difficult in visiting people maybe over the next few weeks, but keep talking to people with their experiences. Keep listening. I think a lot more customers now are much more engaged at the moment, whether they have a little bit of time or not, but keep the networking. The big thing for us that I think over the last few years, is, which has, has driven us on, is the spend on technology. You can't stop spending on the technology and getting your processes right. And the other one thing I've done, and I think it's been great for me, but I've just looked at getting a non-exec director. And, you know, he's been very good to me over the last few months, but it's been of great help to me. So it's just keep positive, folks. And look, it will pass, but difficult to do. But let's keep forging on. David, it really has been a pleasure to talk to you today on our Market Talk podcast. I have no doubt that our listeners would have both enjoyed and benefited from hearing how you prepared for Brexit so far. I wish Cohen Steel continued success 
I would also like to thank my colleague Paul Ward for his insights today, which were equally informative. Links to our publication on managing FX risk through Brexit and indeed our webinar are available at the end of this podcast and on our website, where you can also subscribe to any of our economic bulletins. A big thanks to our customers, colleagues and listeners for joining us on this week's podcast. To stay up to date with the latest market developments, please subscribe to AIB's Market Talk channel on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. For those customers impacted by the economic challenges, you can find details of AIB support packages at www.aib.ie forward slash COVID-19. Take care, stay safe, and I'll speak with you soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC. Authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC. Authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.